Our scripture story today is about the great adventure of the wise men. Here now, reading from Matthew's Gospel, the second chapter, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. In calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly calls for, called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. And when they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There's an old story about a king named Abraham. Abraham was a person who was like David. He had a heart for God. He, wanted, he was seeking after God's own heart. And, he, and, and so he wanted to be holy. And one night he was sleeping in his palace. This was long ago, so it wasn't like a palace we know of. But he heard somebody walking on the roof. And it kind of frightened him. And he said, who's there? And a voice answered, a friend. I'm looking for a camel. And he said, a camel? Why are you looking on the roof for a camel? And the person on the roof said, Why are you seeking God in the, in the comfort of a gold bed with silk clothing? Those simple words changed the king's life. And he started getting out from his palace as he was seeking God. And by the end of his life, he was known as a holy person. Sometimes we come to church and we're seeking God and, and, and we're surrounded in our little cocoons of our homes and we need to get out into the world and have a great adventure. Sometimes we just insulate ourselves and we, and, and we remain in our comfort zones. But it's through doing something new that God is often able to to use us and speak to us. January is a month normally where we start and have new resolutions, right? Anybody here have a New Year's resolution? A few. Well, okay. 
you know, usually the most popular is I'm going to exercise more this year. I'm going to go on that diet. I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to, I'm going to read these books. I'm, you know, I'm going to, you know, all kinds of resolutions. But you're never going to accomplish them unless there's a plan. And you have the discipline to work toward accomplishing your goals. The same is true with seeking God, becoming holy. We have to have a plan. We have to do something intentionally. And oftentimes, strangely as it sounds, we have to get out of our comfort zones. Because when we're out of our comfort zones, that's when we have a chance to rely on God. The wise men, they were the, they, they were the wrong religion, the wrong race, the wrong culture. And yet they had a heart for God and they sought God through this adventure. And God was able to touch their hearts. And I'm sure as they were going on, on their path that they had self-doubts. And they had moments when they said, now this is a waste of time. We're not getting anywhere here. Well, you know, are, are you sure? Is this really the right way? And I'm sure they bickered with one another. And I'm sure that people may have made fun of them if they told them what they were doing. You're doing what? And when they got to Jerusalem and they, no one knew what they were talking about, I, I'm sure they had their doubts. They wondered what was really going on. But when they finally saw the baby Jesus and Jesus gazed at them with those loving eyes, even as a baby, I'm sure their hearts were filled with joy. And they were so excited as they left that place going by another way home that they were ready just to do a snoop, snoopy dance. They were so excited. The great adventure. It doesn't have to be that we go off to a foreign country to find God, although it might. It might be joining a small group, as, as Meg talked about in the video. It happened to me that way. I was a student at Birmingham Southern College and the college chaplain said, I'm going to start a, a prayer group where we learn about prayer from a book called Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. Anybody want to sign up for that? Well, I think six of us did. We signed up and we agreed to meet real early in the morning, probably 730. And and, 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 and read a chapter every book every week and just kind of talk about this prayer. And, and through that experience, I, I learned that prayer isn't just about talking, but listening. I, I learned through that experience that it was okay to go out into nature and meditate and find something in, in nature that would help me meditate and think about God. I learned about service as prayer I, you know, I learned a lot in that, that little course at college, and it gave an interest in prayer for me. And then when I went to seminary at, at Duke, um, I signed up for a prayer and contemplation class when it was offered. I had this interest. It was a good class. And it was interesting. There I met this girl who was kind of cute. Her name was Kelly. And, and, and toward the end of the class, we... We, um, we had to have a prayer partner to go into Duke Gardens to do some exercise, so we chose each other. And it was the next year that I, I had the courage to ask her out. 
Eventually we were married and have been since. Then when we came to North Alabama to serve as pastors, I went to a walk to Emmaus. Anybody here do the walk to Emmaus? And that, that was good. That helped me understand a little bit more about prayer. And then, then I got into the Academy for Spiritual Formation, which is a two-year program where you meet once a week every quarter for, for, for a couple of years. And you, and you have worship and silence and lectures and a small group that you meet with. And I learned more about prayer and how to develop a spiritual life. And it was that at that, in that experience at the academy that you have to do a project. And I thought, what in the world can I do? I was working with college students at Jacksonville State University at that time as the Wesley Foundation director. And so I, I was trying to do spiritual formation for students. And so for my project, I, I started a, an Emmaus-type program called Chrysalis, which is just a three or four day weekend where college students come to, at that time to Camp Simitonga or different places, and, 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 and it's, it's a spiritual formation event. Then later, our, our family were, was called to Lithuania to be missionaries, and Lithuania is in, in the former Soviet Union. It's a, if you think it's cold here, Go, go to Lithuania, where it might be minus 15 right now. So, so, uh, so we went to Lithuania, and part of our ministry, we thought, we were working with a lot of young people, and we thought, you know, I bet we could pull off starting a chrysalis here. And so how did we start a chrysalis? Well, we came back to North Alabama and said, hey, community, and the mass community, can you help us launch chrysalis? And a person from your church, Diet Curry, helped us launch that chrysalis. And so I caught up with her on Zoom this week, and we talked about her great adventure of journeying to Lithuania to help us. We want to welcome Diet Curry uh, to, to the sermon this morning. Share with us about how you got interested in mission trips. I think I first got interested when I was in college. I was a part of the Wesley Foundation and we took local, not local, but within the United States mission trips every year for spring break. Um, and the very first time I went was probably not like the best motives. It was promised to be more fun than going home for spring break. So that's really why I went the first time. Um, but I had fun. I had a great time, learned a lot and went back several years. Um, so that, I guess, is what first started the interest in, in doing mission things. Is, um, I think the first time I went to Lithuania, I went with a group from the church that I was at at the time. And it was kind of a large group. And while we were there, we stayed in different people's homes, met a lot of the youth. And four of us wanted to go back. So four of us went back the next summer to help start Chrysalis and to work with one of the churches that we had gotten to know the first time. And that, I remember I was there kind of hosting you uh, in, in mm -hmm. that adventure. And I, I think that, that what was remarkable is the four of you got along so well and you were so willing to lead Bible, Bible schools and go camping and, and so many different uh, things with the with the people and didn't the youth just fall in love with you and come over to your apartment and just y'all hung out and they they enjoyed taking you on on the bus and you learn how to get around the city 
We did. Yeah, we spent a lot of time with them. They would show up at our apartment. Um, I remember one day, I think you were there playing on the piano and singing, and we had several of the youth over there. Um, and we would go to their homes. They couldn't wait for us to go into theirs. Um, they did take us around and teach us how to use the bus system and how to find McDonald's and all those really important things. And I think this was a great adventure for in faith for you. It took a lot of courage, really, for you to leave this country and go live in another country for a whole whole summer. Mm-hmm. It, it did. Um, I think the fact that we had been the first time helped us to go back the second time. Um, but there were certainly moments that we weren't sure, like, are we really going to be able to pull this off? Situation like that, you end up really relying on God probably a lot more than you would in your normal everyday lives. Because you, do, you, because you have to, you don't really know what you're doing. So you're saying, God, here I am, just use me. Don't, you know, keep me safe. Please don't let me get lost. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, well, I appreciate so much you sharing with us. And I think that didn't didn't traveling help give you courage to, to in the rest of your life as well? It did. You know, it's kind of like one thing led to another, like those trips in college kind of eventually led to Lithuania. And then I look back on that experience in Lithuania, um, traveling and learning to be comfortable in another culture and getting to know people that are different. Um, I think it has played a part in some of the things I've done since then. Um, you know, I traveled to China to adopt my kids and I think it was a part of that. Um, I've been able to go into prison with um, Kairos Tutwiler ministry. And I mean, that's not another country, but it is a different kind of culture and a different experience that takes some adventuresome spirit, I guess, to do. Well, you you, you certainly have an adventurous, independent um, spirit. And I know that you're a blessing to all those you work with and certainly Thank to you. our church. Thank you. And we appreciate you sharing your your story today. Thank you. Diet made a huge difference in the lives of so many young people in Lithuania, and they're still Facebook friends. It's a it's it's a pretty amazing thing. She's humble, and yet she's she, she's able to go on great adventures and and touch the lives of so many people. Leaving home and going on pilgrimages is one of the ways that, that, that we learn to rely on God and to listen to God in ways that, that we never do in our ordinary, busy lives. It's not that God is not with us in here and, or that God is another place more. It's just that we are different. When we're out of our context, we are different and we're more receptive to the way God can move in our lives. We, we are a little more receptive to God's voice. And of course, on any great adventure, there's always obstacles. There's always things that you have to overcome. There's always self-doubts. There's always um, people that try to lead you astray. There's always the King Herods there. And there's probably a little bit of King Herod in all of us as well, if we're honest, right? You know, people, you know, we, we had this selfish streak in ourselves, so it's hard to, to overcome the obstacles. Last Wednesday, January the 6th, was the day of Epiphany, and on that day our country experienced a great trauma. You know, it's, it's, it's the day that 
that, that the world was focused on the wise men and that was shifted to focus on Washington, D.C. and the Capitol and the insurrection that occurred there with our fellow citizens breaking into the Capitol and causing harm. People were killed and property was stolen. It, it was a, a disaster. It's just something that I thought I would never see and you probably did as well because we know that we can be better than that. We in America, we have a history of violence. Ask any African-American or Native American or even many women um, um, who have experienced the violence of people who had power over them. You know, we, we have a history of that, but we also are talking about it. And we know that we can do better and we want to do better. We have a vision for our country of doing better and we can. Um, so, so this, what happened this last week, uh, really shook us up as a, as a country. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's disheartening anytime a leader disappoints us, right? We're always disappointed. You know, it's, it's, it's just disappointing when, when, when our leaders let us down. How do we respond to that? How do we respond? I respond by thinking about what kind of leader I follow and that I want to follow. I want to follow a leader who has a, who's like King David, who, who has a heart for God, who's seeking God's own heart. I want to follow a leader who, who is not a bully, but shows us the way of love. I want to follow a leader who inspires me to lift up the lowly and bring down the powerful, a leader who inspires to heal the sick by healing the sick and eating with sinners and challenges me to be generous. I want a, a leader who inspires me and reminds me that all human leaders will disappoint. That leader who inspires me is Jesus. Human leaders who inspire us to be like Jesus are the kind of leaders I want to be around. Like the wise men, we can all bow down, kneel down together in front of Christ and cast our, our crowns to him and try to imitate him. God has a great adventure for each of us. Everybody here, there's a great adventure for, for each of you. It might be joining a small group. It might be um, going on a mission trip. It might be... Um, getting it, get your hands dirty here in a local mission opportunity. It might be just to, to, to operate this camera here in worship. There's a need for that. It might be to work the sound. Um, see the sound guys. I'd love to talk to you. Um, what great adventure is God calling you to do right now? Um, after our time in Lithuania, where, where we lived, we, we had about 100 churches that sponsored us. And so when we got back, we itinerated, which meant we were on tour. Kelly and I had little kids, and, and so we took turns going from place to place. And I got to go to Michigan to visit churches. Some churches in Michigan had said, you know, we start new churches here in Michigan, but we want to start a church in another country. So they chose Lithuania and said, we'd like to start a church here in this city of Klaipeda. And Kelly and I worked with them to help them start that church. And, and so I had to go back to, well, I got to go back to Michigan to talk about that, that, that ministry and what they had started and what we had been a part of. And to be honest, that, that ministry hadn't gone as we had hoped. You know, it had not, it had not fulfilled our, our hopes and dreams. So I was a little 
down about that. Um, and I was also just tired from traveling. And so we were in this worship service in a, in a, in a, in a building kind of like this. It was a school and, uh, at this one church. And, uh, and I had showed pictures of the, of the Bible camps and the youth camps, the youth ministries, the different things that we did with the, with the people and how their lives had been transformed. I'd told their stories. And, uh, but I was kind of tired. Um, and, and, and so after, after I poured out my, my story and my heart, I was sitting there and, uh, and the band got up and started playing this song that I had never heard before called Humble King by Brenton Brown. And I, I just listened to the words and the, the band had this sax player, kind of like Kenny G, and he just wailed a, a solo in that. Jameson, you can imagine that, that, that solo. And I would just moved in. Before I knew it, I had tears coming down my cheeks just hearing the words about humble king and about the wise men coming to Jesus. Here's, here's the first verse on, Oh, kneel me down again here at your feet. Show me how much you love humility. Oh, spirit, be the star that leads me to the humble heart of love I see in you. Then the chorus, you are God of the broken, friend of the weak. You wash the feet of the weary, embrace the ones in need. I want to be like you, Jesus, to have this heart in me. You are the God of the humble. You are the humble king. Then the second verse, here in the dusty ground, I bow with kings, where wise men laid before their offerings. I lay no golden crown here at your feet. Just this, my broken life, I offer thee. That's the kind of leader I want to follow. A humble king, don't you? A humble king. And I want a humble heart like that king. What gift do you have to offer Christ? All you need is your broken life. What do you desire? What is your desire? God calls us all to a great adventure. Saddle up your horses. Let's start this new year by praying that God will put on our hearts what God's calling each of us to do. Maybe it's developing a new spiritual practice or being faithful to a small group or serving on a dirty mission project. I want you to consider making that commitment as we listen to the band as they sing Humble King for us today. Offer yourselves up. Maybe you're tired, you're worn out. This is your chance to pour it out to God. Let us pray as they sing together.